the event just wrapped up the big WWDC event, Apple's Developers Conference. A little bit different this year than usual. It took place online exclusively instead of with a live audience. It was uh, a different experience for me watching it without the cheering, uh, you know, the crowd noise, the stage. This was much more of a production. And you were asking me earlier, you said, like, how do you think this went down? Did Was it better or worse? It was obviously a little bit more awkward. I think the whole group there was not uh, necessarily used to presenting in such a way. However, I think it was actually better because I don't, it just felt, it felt easier for me to get through the hour plus, hour and a half thing because they were switching environments and, and, and all that. But uh, a few important things took place. Probably the most important thing, in my opinion, is the switch over to Apple Silicon. So towards the end of the presentation, I think it was actually the very last thing. They saved it to the end, of course. Apple says, look, we've, uh, we've done all kinds of things here in, with the Silicon on the, on the iPhone, A-series stuff on the iPad. The iPad, they said the GPU performance a thousand times more powerful than the iPad was a short period of time ago. They're very happy and proud of their developments in silicon. And then they go on to say, we're so happy, we're about to ditch Intel. Mm -hmm. I mean, Intel's not happy themselves. Apple's happy, Intel less so. Now they did say, hey, we're gonna continue to support Intel. And, and here's the various ways that uh, developers can make sure they're safe across for the old Macs and the new Macs. But ultimately what they're getting to is a greater integration of software and hardware all the way down to the iPhone and all the way up to their, well, workstation systems. Convergence, yeah. Yeah, and and the same thing's happening in the software. After all, this is a developer's conference, so they spent a lot of time on the software also. And it, it was the same idea. You saw the new Mac OS, Big Sur, they're calling it. And it looks to me heavily influenced from the stuff that's going on on the mobile side. It was reminiscent of iPad OS to me, granted, it's still different. It is still a desktop first, desktop oriented operating system. But these 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 worlds are getting closer together. Mm -hmm. And who knows what the eventual uh, destination is? Is it, I was talking to Kirk earlier, is the future of computing some sort of iPad-like thing that is then bolted on to various ergonomic components to suit the needs of that particular computing task. So if you're going to edit a video, you take your iPad-like slab and you slap it onto a stand. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it integrates with a keyboard and, and maybe a trackpad or a mouse. And then maybe the same slab can be ripped off the stand and then it goes to the couch or it has a flippy keyboard-style case where the computer portion is completely modular and it yes. then integrates with all this external hardware to make it the thing that you need it to be. In order to do that, you need an OS that can go across that spectrum. And it's always been my criticism of the uh, attempting to switch over exclusively to iPad OS in various experiments that have taken place on a channel in the past on Unbox Therapy. It's always... Uh, you, you, you've always given something up, or at least I have. Mm -hmm. I would have some complexity with a very particular task where it wasn't exactly how it would be on a typical desktop environment. 
Now, if they if the whole thing converges and the experiences are seamless across the board, then all of a sudden that comfort level, as you shift between these different modular setups, your comfort levels level is a hundred. And your expectations are the same across the board. So you as a user just feel better in general and, and get more done. Now that that wasn't the only thing. So Apple Silicon, probably the biggest Intel stock uh, falling off a cliff. I don't know, probably. You're the business guy, Will. What's happening to Intel right now? Let's get a stock update real time. They're up. What? Get out of here. Give me like a they're doing pretty good. Yeah, what happened? Well, how did it, how did it how did it jump up? Five go to five days. Hmm. Maybe one month is not looking good. Uh, look, do 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 like a year. Let's see a year on the chart. Interesting. Well, here's the thing. Maybe the markets were curious about how fast Apple could move to its own silicon. Or maybe as far as the, uh, customers are concerned, maybe Apple isn't that big of a customer anymore because they have moved so many users onto iPads and things like this. But they did. So here's the key. As far as this is concerned with the uh, transition, they're putting out their, their very first desktop-based desktop A-series system is going to be called the Developer Transition Kit. It will be a Mac Mini enclosure with an A12Z SoC. 16 gigs of memory, 512 gigabyte SSD, Mac OS, Big Sur developer beta plus X code. This is not going to be a commercially available product, this transition kit, obviously, hence the name developer in the very front there. That's going to come at a later date. So maybe the markets are, that as far as Intel is concerned, maybe they're saying, oh, and you know, at the end of it, Cook made that statement, he said, yeah, in the meantime, we're going to launch some other Intel-based Mac. Mm. Remember that part? Mm. So maybe there's a few more Intel purchases to be made prior to this shift over when some people could have been predicting possibly that this transition would be speedier than that. But when it comes to development, being a developer, developing things, you kind of want to future-proof a little bit. You need to be aware well in advance of these types of changeovers. And in particular, the advantages that Apple's going to have once they shift over to this A-series thing exclusively, all of a sudden now natively, when you're programming, developing for iPad apps, iPhone apps on the, on the Mac as you would be currently and into the future, now you're previewing these things in real time natively, the mobile stuff right on your Mac with this developer transition kit or eventually the commercially available A-series laptops, desktops, mm -hmm. and so on. But it does look like it's a, a little bit away. A little closer than that is likely the new software updates. A lot of people are going to be interested in the iOS 14 update. Uh, it took me a second to get there because that was at the very beginning of the presentation. They got all the iOS 14 stuff out of the way. Look, man, I'm not... I'm done with the whole uh, Apple versus Android thing. It's just... It's boring to me. This This thing. I just... I'm just looking, I'm just looking at things in the world. I'm just a guy. Mm -hmm. I just see things. I'm curious in general. Uh, ideally, if there's an idea that's better, everyone should adopt the idea. Mm -hmm. I, I, let's, let's look for the better or best ideas. So if they pulled certain ideas from Android, so be it. Ideas have been swapped back and forth. For you, the sake of user experience. Will he I do? Guess, right? Will he do? Yeah. Uh, 
I don't mind, man. I can live with it. I understand you have patents and trademarks and the whole thing, and it can get out of hand real quick. And people spend a lot of time maybe on an exclusive feature to see it then show up in other platforms. But if you're talking about widgets or, an, or let's say, having an app drawer <laughs> or notifications, call notifications that don't take up the whole screen, if everybody on iOS tomorrow gets a better experience, I'm happy about it, mm -hmm. period, even though I don't currently have an iOS phone in my pocket. So the new features, iOS 14, the biggest deal they seem to make was around widgets and the app library. And the simplest way to think of the app library is kind of like what you have on Android, as opposed to swiping through a boatload of screens to get to where you want to go, you have this alternative. Now on Android, you can hit the app drawer and see all your apps there with a the search bar at the top. Apple took it a step further from an organizational standpoint in allowing you to select based on its own sorting. Mm -hmm. its own uh, uh, what, what, neural, everything's neural with Apple. But essentially, it's some, some type of algorithmic sorting that's going to figure out what you probably want to open next based on your track record or what you were doing prior to that. And the, the benefit or the way Apple pitches their neural stuff is that it's on device. We're not, we're not we don't have to reference some server somewhere. It's, it's on your device. It's based on your personal behaviors, and that's it. That's the way they pitch it. So anyways, you can select based on their suggestions. That's the, that's the neural piece recently added, or a series of automatically generated folders that are grouped by the style of an app, whether it happens to be games, social, things like this. People do this manually all the time, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of messy phones out there, my friend. Mm -hmm. People, they don't bother. They just end up pages, stacked games distributed throughout. Now, I'm going to be honest, okay? This is a, a, a positive development. I think it's going to be cleaner for a lot of people. I, even on Android, do not use the app drawer that way. If I have an app that I don't use on a frequent basis, I go straight to search. Huh. That's it. I just go straight into search and start typing the app. Could this be faster? Possibly, especially if that suggestion app section is bang on. If they know when I want to open something before I do, or if 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 I swipe over there and I'm about to search in the in the search bar, but I see in the suggestion it's already there, that saved me. That could be a better implementation. Of course, this is the thing we're going to have to test out and see if it works that well. But I think, like I said, for a lot of people, this is going to be an improvement over what they currently have. The idea of swiping into eternity to, to the end of whatever, 20 pages. And it's actually, I, I said to you when it came to widgets, wait, there's no widgets on iOS? Mm -hmm. Right? You remember that moment? I was like, yeah. wait, what are they doing with widgets? What? Or even this, even this even shocks me sometimes. I'm so used to interacting with iOS. I don't even think about the fact that the average person with, I don't know, 100 apps installed right. is swiping for days if they don't want to use search. Mm -hmm. So yeah, an app library, whatever you want to call it, it makes it's going to help people immediately. Mm -hmm. So the other piece is widgets, and they're going to let you really customize your uh, desktop experience with widgets now and alter your home screen in a way that hasn't existed in the past, you can take 
widgets, make them different sizes, whether it's weather, your calendar, a stock widget, clock widget, could be a photos widget. You can maneuver everything around, get all creative with it. A lot of people, enthusiasts, like to create their, you have, I mean, your environment on Android right now is a whole mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. You're so proud of it. I mean, you walk into work, check out, look, I changed something. I'm like, great. Will, I'm busy over here. I'm doing the thing. It's I'm on a phone awesome. call. I changed something. Na 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 boo boo. That's what Will does well, to me. Yeah. But he's got the launchers going. And of course, on Android, it's incredible configuration, customization available to you. Apple going a bit into this direction here. And it's not a one to one thing. I should be clear. On Android, it's often, it's not system level to the same degree. The, the, you see some widgets or the scaling or the, it could be a little wonky at times. Mm -hmm. Look, I got an Android phone in my pocket. Chill out, Android people. I got an Android phone in my pocket. So, but when Apple integrates something, it tends to expedite the adoption of the concept because they have so much ecosystem control, hardware, software control, that their implementation is just more strictly governed. Yes. And... Therefore, the experience to the end user is more predictable in most cases, having to map only to a handful of hardware, which you're responsible for. Mm -hmm. So it's cool if more people end up using it. My favorite widget that they showed off of the bunch was the dynamic one, which was going to guess based on time of day and your past behaviors, mm. what to show in that top bar. They showed off how early in the morning, maybe you're gonna see the news because you probably check the news early in the morning, then midday that would switch over to calendar. Later in the day, possibly your activity report or they're calling it fitness now, the fitness fitness portion of their app. Uh, I like that because it's kind of preemptive. The preemptive computing stuff or the guesswork that the computer's doing mm -hmm. on my behalf, that always turns me on a little bit. It gets me going a little bit. The algorithms? Yes. I mean, weird things will get you going. That'll get me going because it's anywhere where there's an improvement to your life where you had limited or no input mm -hmm. because you're already struggling with the bandwidth and all the rest of it. Modern day 2020 human being. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. You know, the pace of things, it's outpacing your own hardware. Well, I hate to break it to you. Pump out your biological hardware. I need an upgrade. Whatever, whatever you got going on. Yeah. Whatever you got going on. Anyway... So widgets were the, were the big story. Widgets and the app library, as far as iOS 14 is concerned. They also talked a little bit about messages. Uh, they made a few changes to how messages work. You can now do inline replies only to certain members within the group. Of course, I immediately started thinking, well, to get all these rich features, you have to be an iMessage. And I, I have something against iMessage. I'm just going to say it. Because the idea of a messaging pl platform that, is enhanced based on hardware selection. It just feels a little dark to me, I gotta say it. Particularly when, for the most part, that ecosystem tends to be an expensive one to enter. And I've read all the stories on the various uh, bullying and negative behaviors that go on around the colors of people's bubbles. You see what I'm saying here? So anyway, I, gotta, I have to admit, as great as iMessage is as a messaging service, I feel like messaging services particularly from a leader like Apple, and I know it won't happen, but if it's so great, if it's so good, if it's the best messaging app on the planet, put out an Android app. Put iMessage on Android and let everybody use it and have whatever color bubble they want. 
But of course, you got to sell the phone. And I guess on some level, you know, people will pay for their bubbles. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. So it. it's part of the whole structure of their business. It's how they make money. It's how they take that money and reinvest it into more hardware, software integrations, getting back to the A-series chip from earlier that I talked about. They have to make these profit margins. There's no other company like them, right? There's no other company that keeps it fully integrated that we're aware of in this day and age, and it's an expensive endeavor. It's a profitable endeavor, but it's an expensive endeavor. So I get why they do it, but I just, I'm going to keep something against it for that purpose alone. I met so many people, they say, I'm locked in. I say, why are you locked in? I message. It's the most, I, there's nothing locking people like iMessage. But anyway, new features for those that are locked and loving that lifestyle, that's fine too. It works really well. I totally appreciate that. For those that are locked in, you're going to get access to these much better and more rich group chats, which is what all the youngsters are up to, Will. I hate to break it to you. The chats of the Yeah, groups. I know. I know you're out of the loop when it comes to that. Very. But I let you off the hook because you and I were, were a couple of old men. In this game, mm -hmm. we're the old, uh, well, we're the old wise men, though. The geezers? Yeah, we're the old geezers. That might be a bit rude. <laughs> well, going out of line once again. No, but you know what I'm saying. It's like, uh, what else do we have here? Oh, they said new stuff about Siri, the way that Siri operates. Siri has 20 times more facts than a few years ago. Siri has a new animation when you trigger it. Uh, there's like this glowing thing that takes place within the interface to let you know that you're using it. Is anyone going to use Siri? I think that's going to take a while. They talked a, uh, about maps as well, Will. Mm. Uh, they really want to take on Google Maps. And they put a couple of quotes in there, how they're making big strides. All new maps in the U.S. rolling out new maps for Canada, Ireland, and the U.K. as well. Uh, m more rich in the sense that, for example, you select biking or something like this. There's going to be dynamic components that shift based on your mode of transportation, not just the time it's going to take, but whether or not you're going to have to climb upstairs, whether or not you're going to have to go up an incline, what the exercise level is going to look like on your bike. Now, that's uh, relegated to a few cities for the time being. They also talked about EV routing, but... The problem there, of course, is it not really taking Tesla into account, which is the leader in the EV space. They listed BMW and Ford, I believe. So maps, I mean, it's got to be better. I'm not prepared to. Oh, and the privacy piece. Every time they, they brought up a Google product, they had to bookend it with a privacy piece and privacy. Because obviously Google not necessarily synonymous with such a thing. So when they talked about maps, they brought up privacy. And what was the other thing they talked about? They brought up privacy. Was it messages? No, something else. Anyway, Apple cares about privacy. Just remember that. Private lives. Mm. Stay private. They talked about a translation app as well, which I liked. Mm. That was a nice and simple and clean little thing that they put together. And believe it or not, I've tried some of these apps in the past and even dedicated hardware and everything is clumsy. What you need is something simple like this. I suppose Google Translate is, is similar, but what happens here is one single translation button. It's meant for a two-way actual conversation. Mm. Although I suppose we gotta be back out in the real world to actually utilize this thing eventually one day. And it will then interpret the individual's language and 
which translation is necessary just based on the voice. You don't have to, they don't have to be on, you don't have to select Spanish or Mandarin or whatever it might be. It's going to be able to gauge that based on what's incoming. One single microphone button and text and audio and a nice little landscape view, which lets the individual you're working with know which side of the conversation that they happen to be on. So that was a nice little software development. The CarPlay and digital car keys stuff was kind of cool. I'll give them that. The first vehicle that's going to feature uh, this capacity, this capability, the BMW 5 Series for 2021. And essentially what this is, is a digital car key. People who have electric vehicles have experience with this to a certain degree. But this is interesting because it's a third-party integration. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. Tesla can do it. It's their car. In this case, this is not Apple's car. Mm. And it's not BMW's phone or app. I don't know. There's some there's some integration that has to happen. They got to work together a little bit because essentially you're generating these digital keys. And this is where my mind goes with the security stuff. Man, you better cross your T's and dot your I's. Mm -hmm. For boys both and, companies, I guess. Boys right? and girls, ladies and gentlemen. But anyways, they do a quick demo, and believe it or not, the demo works in the pre-recorded incredible production that Apple put together. Uh, it was a big surprise to me that it worked out. There she is. She's responsible. So she takes the, the app. She creates, generates the digital car key, taps her iPhone up against the door handle. She's in. She's wirelessly charging her phone. She's hopping into Apple CarPlay, living the Apple lifestyle, and very happy about it, might I add, in her BMW 5 Series with the push-button start. You see how it goes well? Very seamless. Yeah, yeah, Very that's cool. Right. You basically, what happens is you listen to Apple, you get a BMW 5 Series. You watch their keynote, you buy into the ecosystem, and somehow there's a BMW 5 Series parked in your driveway. Well, I'm sold. You see how that association works, though? Yeah. Right? It is a BMW 5 Series. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, those are comfortable looking seats over there. The other cool thing, you can create multiple keys. So you can invite people. She cracks a joke at this moment right here, saying, I don't know if I should give Craig yeah. the full opportunity here. Maybe I should treat him like a teenager. <laughs> the teenager. Yeah, teenager status on the Restricted. digital car key. Then when Craig gets the actual notification he got a key, he's like, full access too. Amazing. Seamless. Seamless. Now he, I mean, he's never going to drive that 5 Series BMW. This guy, what do you think he actually drives? Um, his own Apple car. Yeah, it's oh. unreleased Apple car. Pri uh, private jet. Mm -hmm. A helicopter. I don't know. Anyway, so they talk a little bit about this consortium that they're going to build uh, using this U1 chip. And they're hoping to expand this capacity and capability. And this is another one of those integrations, Will, that seems like only Apple can do it. This is one of the advantages to belonging within their world. The hardware-software integration, not just an app, but an actual chip, this U1 chip. If you're an automaker, you see they come to you with the proposal. They say, look, you want to be on our ecosystem? And you say, okay, we're going to build it top to bottom. It's going to be secure, this and that. The automaker says, that sounds good to me. You're Apple. That's a friendly logo. Mm -hmm. Let's work together. If you're an Android manufacturer, maybe with the exception of Google, 
who's, who's, who, who are rapidly attempting to be this hardware-software combination company. But if you're any other Android maker, you say, uh, we want to do this integrated deal. It's like, who are you? Yeah, well, it's like, it, hey, you're not, it, everything is not integrated to the level that we would be satisfied with. Mm -hmm. It's always some sort of a bolt-on thing. And that's what I like about Android, but it's also a disadvantage. There's many things in life, Will. Mm -hmm. Advantages, disadvantages. You want to have these types of opportunities, then you accept the uh, isolated experiences, the ones that are blocked off from everyone. You accept the iMessage scenario. You accept these things. I know you really want to show me this next clip here because this was this caught me off guard this moment in the keynote he's Whoa. flying he flies up the stairs you got to rewind that and give the people one more look at it the way this edit works so he's down below and then the camera starts to pen he's flying full speed i think he's got a leather shoe on so he's in shape he's not wearing an apple watch though he gets some activity points or fitness points for that i don't know where is his apple watch maybe he is I would assume you'd have to have one. Another thing happened in his keynote. It was a lot of hands, by the way. I should mention the hands were going. He probably did the best job of the bunch, but the hands were higher than they would naturally be for a lot of presenters. Mm -hmm. I get the sense, uh, like I said, that there this was a bit uncomfortable for Apple given the fact that it's not normally the way they present. And I couldn't help but wonder how many takes for each one of these people in these positions overall i think it was fine i congratulate the group for uh embarking on an endeavor that in this day and age is you saw the disclaimer at the end with the masks and everything mm -hmm. and they seemed i mean maybe a little bit nervous or awkward here and there but overall i'm saying it's all they had a lot more presenters than they would normally have mm -hmm. And I think I think they did all right. But yes, of course, like anything else, when a group is trying to rapidly, quickly learn how to do new presentations, you're going to have this stuff happen. And obviously, I'm way too aware of it because yes. I'm on camera with the ranting and the raving. Yes. And the hands. You know firsthand. The hands yeah. you're constantly aware of. There was a thing called App Clips. This is like a micro app. I think he said it has to be under 10 megabytes or something. It allows you to tap or take a photo, use your camera, or tap a little icon in stores, point of sale type scenarios. They even showcased an example with a bicycle that you can rent. And this, instead of forcing you to download an app to pay for the thing which you're about to interact with, it could launch this micro app, almost like a notification that, you, that would then take you to this lightweight version of the app that you could then use Apple Pay to execute the task without the need to go to the App Store, download the full app, do the sign-in, and the whole deal. And the key with this app clip situation is speed. This app clip proposal, it's all about speed because in these types of environments, you want to do something fast. And particularly in real life, if you're in a lineup, because they kept showcasing it at the front of a cash register. If you're in a lineup, you quickly want to, you know how they're always telling you, well, download the app. Mm. We, you're going to get points. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a free whatever. Download the app. <clears throat> well, a lot of people, they don't want to download the app. Stop telling me I can download all these apps. 
Plus, there's a guy behind me right here. He's breathing down my neck, and we know we know how that goes right now. <laughs> we know how that goes right now. Yeah, you're in a tough spot. So you get the app clip instead. You save the day. You're in. You're out. Starts with an app clip. So they got that feature trying to encourage developers. You got to remember with these uh, conferences, whether they're in person or online, there's the piece that they're talking to the public with, but there's also the piece they're talking to developers with. Because ultimately, it is a developer's conference, and it's become more consumer-facing in recent years. This one was very consumer-facing. I'm not a developer. I mean, I'm in this space, but you saw it was kind of like a giant Apple commercial, really. Mm-hmm. But they're still they're trying to get developers hyped about these types of things because if it gets adopted widely, they now have a new in. They want people signing in with Apple. Uh, they want to deepen the grip, as I suggested earlier, mm. as you would if you were them. A couple of things came up. With iPad OS 14, uh, they changed some of the nav, particularly in the Photos app. They showcased a demonstration with a a more typical almost Mac OS a sidebar. And this is where the convergence takes place because when we get to the part talking about Big Sur, the next Mac operating system, it looks almost exactly like that, the Photos app. And everything is starting to tie together here between the two. So they want you to do more on your iPad that you would normally save for your laptop and they want to make the laptop laptop look more like the iPad so you believe it so that if you were to say oh I normally go to my laptop for that and see something that looks similar to your iPad you're like why am I going to my laptop for that Mm -hmm. because the end game here is some sort of new computing form factor and we've been talking about this when we looked at the marketing it's not a computer it's a computer thing Apple is making a movement towards this thing because it separates them further from the rest of the marketplace. A laptop is a well-established form factor. And in fact, it's the reason it gets us to the hardware conversation, again, about the chip that's inside of it. A MacBook is a lot like a PC laptop. It's very interchangeable. You go from one to the other. What do you have? A keyboard, a trackpad? When you get into the land of tablet, an Intel processor, RAM, hard drive, Mm-hmm. When you get into the land of tablets, who's the real competitor in terms of market share to the iPad and iPad OS? It's tough to say. Maybe it's Microsoft with the Surface products. I've stated that in the past. I don't know how they compare from a market share perspective, but the key with those products is they aim to give you the desktop environment on a more mobile on more mobile hardware. Apple's taking the alternative approach. They're saying the mobile first mentality on the software side, we can bring some of those features to the desktop-based environment and prove to you that that's the one that's screwed up or needs work or is too antiquated. They're not wrong. It's just a difficult task. Mm. Certainly, laptop-based environments are antiquated in a sense that they're more familiar and more similar to the type of stuff we grew up using than mobile or, or touch-based interfaces. Absolutely. You remember the early days. You remember those Windows? Uh, what was the first Windows copy you had? 3.1? Three, you had 3.1? Yeah. I With think... the... Um, what was it? Was that ball. before or after NT? Remember Windows NT? I believe I had that. I believe I had that. Let's do a quick fact check. What year was Windows NT? Right now, the people are guessing, the hardcore type people. 1993? Oh, NT was 3. Point. It was... Wait a second. The first version of Windows NT was Windows NT 3.1. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the same one. 
I want you to picture that, okay? Eight-year-old Lou. You picture that. None of these gray hairs in the beard. Mm. No beard at all, in fact. I know it's hard to believe. Mm. Get that windows going. Couple of games going. I had the the Encarta going, the encyclopedia. Oh, okay. yeah. Just having a time. And I haven't looked back ever since. Here I am talking about technology in 2020. Maybe my favorite thing that took place during the presentation was in relationship to AirPods. I'm a bit of an audio thing guy. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate the, I appreciate a good audio experience in general, particularly on mobile. You always hear me talking about mobile speakers, people mm -hmm. sitting and saying, I'm like, I got my headphones on Lou, you know, relax. But for me, I figure, Hey man, you got to put a speaker in anyways. If you're going to put a speaker, put it, come on, let's do something here. And Apple has done that, man. Right now, people are saying, damn, damn, who's liking what Apple's doing? It's funny. It's funny. Yeah. But it's true. The iPad speaker will blow you away based on the form factor. It, and same with the iPhone. iPhone, less so compared to some of the competitors, but the iPad compared to competitors, like I tested the speakers on all the Surface products. not even close. The iPad has a fantastic sound, particularly the bigger one of the Pro model. So they care about audio to a certain degree. As much as I'm not a huge fan of the audio quality on the AirPods, convenience plays a huge role there. And the AirPods Pro took it to a better level. And now this new feature aims to take it even further. Apple has invested in content. Apple TV Plus is an interest for them now. They want people to subscribe to it. They even showed off a couple of upcoming shows. Who knows what's going to happen? trying to figure out how they're going to get their hit show. It just doesn't seem to be happening yet. Mm -hmm. They're struggling over there. It's tough to be a content company and a technology company simultaneously. Walk that line. Apple products in the content. It's a you, ever, you ever see that thing with the bad guys can't be using an iPhone in their shows? Oh. There's not a single bad guy in any, any Apple show that's using an iPhone. Mm. And so I, there was some director who did a show for it. He did an interview, and he maybe wasn't supposed to leak it, but he said, if you're watching any show and you're, you're tr it's like a mystery, you're trying to figure out who's good and bad, and you're at the beginning part of the show or movie or whatever, just look at who's not using an Apple phone, and now you got your bad guy. <laughs> it's just a spoiler. Yeah, instant spoiler. We just spoil it for everyone. Yeah, Apple won't let bad guys use iPhones in movies. Knives Out director Ryan Johnson says. The writing director of Knives Out revealed that Apple will will permit film productions to use its products on screen, but bad characters can't have an iPhone on camera. How crazy is that? Mm. But what are you going to do, Will? You're going to give the evil guy the product you're also trying to sell where your profit margin is way higher than the show and the subscription service? Mm. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You want to talk about embedded scenarios. My God, we're talking ecosystem and iMessage. How about hardware, content, actors, directors? Oh! It gets very political. That's hefty. It's a lot of pieces to it, but it's understandable. You get where they're coming from, but it is going to ruin some people's experience. Everyone's going to be just looking at the phones now yeah. instead of watching the show. <laughs> Who's the bad guy? What was his phone, though? <laughs> you picture like these mysterious shows. I don't know. I watched House of Cards the first season, yeah. and you don't really know who's good and bad. or I don't remember, but it's a little mysterious, but you could easily just track the phones. Going forward. Anyway, getting back to the main feature here, the excitement I have 
around an AirPod development, which, uh, which I was surprised to see today, is a new feature which is going to use some of the hardware embedded inside of the mobile device as well as the AirPods to figure out spatially where you are and where sounds should come from. Now, it's completely, it's virtual. Obviously, you have a single speaker in each ear. But I've had some software experiences in the past that can do a pretty good job of emulating, simulating this kind of surround sound experience in a, in a small earbud. Now that they're integrating the hardware element, when you turn your head, the, if the actor is, if his voice is moving or the explosion is moving relative to your position in space, that's pretty immersive. Mm -hmm. Particularly on a mobile experience, you don't have a movie theater at your disposal. What happened to the movie theaters right now? Yeah, so our mobile devices had to become more like movie theaters. A lot of people have a phone or an iPad. And now you they pair this thing together. They're sitting on a couch and they got a movie theater. And it's also, uh, they did mention that it was fixed into like where you're looking, right? You're not going to turn your head and all of a sudden the explosion is just going to be like here. It's still going to be like here. Yeah, it's, it's an integration of the screen and your head, both. Yeah, it's they're like talking to each other. Yes, it's figuring out your location in space based on the accelerometer, gyroscope, a variety of sensors. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty incredible thing to look at on paper. I have to try it out to see, of course, if it's effective or not. But talk about that undertaking as a developer. So interesting to figure out how to make something like this happen with the hardware, the software, and holy moly. I mean, I don't want, I'm, I can't tackle something like that, you know? No. I can, uh, I can barely get the order right over with the, with the iced tea. At the Starbucks, yeah. I can barely get that going. So I stumbling on my words there. Uh, I started saying, "I'll uh, only two pumps of the sugar is what I'm doing now." Mm -hmm. And so I got to remember, oh, two, you know, yeah. ice black tea, uh, just two pumps of sugar, mm -hmm. and I don't want the lemonade. You see, and most days it, I screw it up. So well, Apple ha probably has a fix for that too. They, I guarantee it. They'd be like, They're based on, on his it. position in space as he travels through the drive-through, we know exactly what he wants. Based on his pace, the speed at which he's approaching the drive-through, you know if he needs two pumps of sugar, or five mm. pumps, or whatever. And the reason I said two is because it's a venti size. It's a big iced tea, Will. Mm. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Because the ratio changes as you scale up. They talked a little bit about the Apple Watch. I don't know. It wasn't that interesting to me that you're sharing watch faces. You're passing. I was like, what do we do? Now we're, I'm like, yo, Will, check out this watch face. But they made it seem like there's a whole social. Component to it. Yeah. That people, Apple Watch enthusiasts, and maybe it's true. I don't know because I never got into it. That they would want to pass around watch faces and custom configure them for each other or socialize around the idea there's got to be some degree of Apple Watch enthusiasm out there because it is the far and away most popular smartwatch. And then, of course, the thing you're pointing at right now, which is very timely. And this is, I mean, you got to commend Apple on this to roll that out that rapidly. The hand washing feature. The timer, yeah. The watch will understand that you're watching your, washing your hands, watching, washing your hands with a watch on. 
which I hate doing, by the way. I wear a watch, but I'm always trying to keep it out of the water yeah. when I'm washing the hands, yeah. even though it's water resistant. But anyway, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you give a, give a quick rinse to the watch. I don't know mm. what the rules are on this. Mm. I'm sure there are many opinions out there. No shortage of those. But in this case, the watch figures out based on your movements that you're washing your hands and a countdown starts on it to make sure you do the happy birthday thing. You wash it for whatever it is, 12 seconds and you get a nice little buzz and reward. I washed my hands. I feel great about myself. Mm. I hit the number. I win the video game. These hands are clean for the next five minutes. You get a sticker from that. Until I touch my disgusting iPhone. Yeah. Which point they're not clean at all anymore. Yeah. So. That's how that goes. But anyway, it's a kind of a, it's a cool, it's a timely thing that took place there. Uh, they talked a little bit about fitness. So they changed the name of the app. I mentioned that earlier. It used to be activity. Now it's going to be called fitness. And uh, they're going to be able to track. That was maybe my favorite part. When a woman just busts out dancing. Maybe you can find it in the keynote. Mm. Because they said, okay, now we're going we're gonna to show off a new feature. We can track activity based on the type of dancing you're doing. And I didn't expect her, maybe there was someone else who was going to dance, but she was presenting. So I didn't expect her to just start dancing. And it caught me right off guard. And she starts uh, throwing a few moves at us. And I look at Willie Do while it's all happening, and he doesn't know what to do about it. He's very shocked. He was more shocked than I was. And then I said, you know what? Go for it. Maybe a little bit more dancing. It's going to solve uh, all the problems. Mm -hmm. Probably not. Anyway, you can't find it, no, you maniac. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, you might be close. It's in there. Willie Do's going to find it. I'm going to move on to the next thing. Mac OS Big Sur. They, like I said, they kind of brought it more into a mobile OS type of look to it. Uh, some of the menus and icons, a little friendlier, little mo a little more mobile. Uh... No massive developments, maybe in the up in the top right bar, whatever you call that, the menu bar in the top right of your Mac. It looks a lot more like iOS now, where you hit the drop down and you see this transparent, semi transparent uh, menu drop down for controlling, you know, whichever headphones you have connected or brightness all in one pane that comes from the top right corner way more like mobile and a welcome addition because that whole setup feels antiquated to me and has for a long those little icons in the top nasty stuff bluetooth <laughs> yeah irritating but no one wanted to rethink it or redo it so it is it was what it was windows put in the bottom right but on mobile you have one thing pop up and you see everything and again like we were speaking about earlier, if it can be smart, as they're stating it will be, they would know which features you want in there or you use the most frequently. And so you have some context to it. There's the image I'm looking for right there. So you hit one button and all of a sudden you have a drop down for quickly triggering do not disturb for uh, what, what else can you do? You have your brightness in there. Obviously, the notification pane is pretty similar, but it's a little more trimmed down. Everything got a bit cleaner. I will say that mm -hmm. it looks like there's less framing around everything, just rounded edges from a design perspective, rounded edges and floating boxes. So you have sound in there. I think it's a good look. You have your multimedia that is or isn't playing. 
uh, AirPlay feature, but this is configurable. You can pull something into that dropdown that you use frequently, and it lets you clean up that top bar a little bit if you choose to. Mm -hmm. So mostly an aesthetic thing, mm -hmm. but what else were they going to really mention? What were they going to do? Of course, the whole thing ties into the new silicon because uh, getting back to the idea from, from earlier, if you're virtualizing or you're not virtualizing, if you're natively bringing up the iOS stuff and working inside of their testing applications, inside there, co having cohesiveness across the two mm -hmm. for a developer, it's going to be a nice thing to have. So that pretty much covers it. Did we just do it or what? I wanted to give the people a breakdown and I wanted to keep it moving as quickly as possible. Obviously, the uh, I think we did better than the almost two hours that the thing was going on for. Yeah, we condensed it. How well. how 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 much did what did we what did we shove it into, Will? Uh, forty five. We shoved it into forty five. Yeah. With a joke here and there, we cut it in half for you, and I hope I covered as much. Uh, I, I hope I hope you learned a little something about what took place today. You can let me know down in the comments if you think any of these developments are worthwhile or noteworthy, or if you're bothered. Or if you tuned in just to see Federighi hit the, uh, put the jets on, like I did, just flying around the campus. And I have to say, just one more thing before we take off on the production side. With the shots from the drone going into the building. Very impressive. That takes, I'll tell you what, that takes some effort, that takes some energy. And so well done on that front, particularly just for a presentation. It's not a... This ain't a big movie, and I get it. Apple has many trillions. They have money, so there's no reason why they can't do it. But presumably, like any keynote, it's short notice. They had to adjust and modify, and all of a sudden you're getting these drone shots, and I'm picturing the dude in the editing room doing the compositing, and uh, when it goes into the building, obviously a drone did not enter the building. You fill in the frames, and you're moving. Mm -hmm. And so I have appreciation coming from i mean I know, i've looked at an editing timeline before so i have appreciation right anyway there it is wwdc at least we cut it maybe we cut it in half maybe we didn't but i hope you had fun and i hope to see you in the comments and i'm glad that you're with with us and willie do would like to uh close out the show today not me i said all the words and he has demanded that he at least gets the outro so go ahead willie do the floor um, have a great day, everyone.